The Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129 presents America This Week, a smart Catholic take on faith and culture with Father Matt Malone and Carrie Weber. Good day. You're listening to America This Week, a smart Catholic take on faith and culture. I'm Carrie Weber, executive editor of America Magazine. And I'm Father Eric Sundrup, filling in for Father Matt Malone. And each week we offer the news and analysis from the intersection of the church and the world gathered by our team at America Magazine. And with us today is one of our wonderful team members, Colleen Dully. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Sister Teresa Alethea Noble is the author of a piece on our website called Here's Why Catholics Are Called to Think About Death Daily. Uh, so you can find that at americamagazine.org. Sister Teresa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. We are very glad to have you. Uh, so I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about uh, why Catholics uh, should be thinking about death every single day. It doesn't sound like something that uh, would be too inviting to a lot of people. Well, I'll start with Lent because that's easier. And <laughs> it, it kind of starts, Lent begins with a reminder of death. So everyone who has gone to Ash Wednesday Mass ha- had a ashes trace on their forehead and the words, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return, most likely. And that's the phrase that God said to Adam and Eve as they left the Garden of Eden. So salvation history begins with a reminder of our mortality. And so that, and, and it's kind of got, it kind of echoes through salvation history and through scripture. You see lots of exhortations to remember our, our mortality all throughout the scriptures and the Psalms. The book of Sirach says, in all you do, remember the end of your life and you will never sin. Uh, And Jesus tells us to take up our cross daily. And people who are picking up their cross I doubt they have much else on their mind, but their impending death. So, so this is really a call, a Christian call, um, to remember our death daily. And St. Benedict actually wrote it in his rule for his monks to keep their death daily before them. Now, this is a journey that started out for you uh, with a particular object on your desk, uh, which is a skull. So this is a very concrete reminder of this fact. Why did you decide to put that, decide to put that there? So I started this when I, I read that Blessed James Alberione, the founder of our religious order, the Daughters of St. Paul, had a skull and crossbones on his desk. And I didn't really understand why I knew it was to meditate on his death. I didn't really understand the depth of the tradition in the church. And so I just thought, I'll do that at some point. That's pretty metal. I'm going to do it. But <laughs> I, it took me eight years in the convent to actually do it. And I think it was just an inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It was like, this is the time to meditate, to start meditating on your death. And so a sister let me, gave me a skull from her Halloween uh, decorating supplies and I stuck it on my desk. It's a little ceramic skull. And I just started to tweet about it. And so began a journey of over a year and a half of meditating on my death every single day. And, you know, people... Most people react to that with, wow, that sounds quite unpleasant. You know, why would you want to do that for over a year and a half? And to be honest, it is a little bit unpleasant at first. We don't like to think about death. People, people do not think about their deaths for the most part. It's, not, it's something we like. It's a thought we like to push away, and it's, one of, it's the deepest human fear. 
so when it first uh, when I first started doing it, I thought, wow, I, I don't know if I want to do this regularly. But over time, I started to see it making positive changes in my life, and and now I've gotten to the point where where I do it regularly, and it just fills my life with hope, with focus, and I wanted to share that with with other people. And I thought Lent would be a perfect time to start to meditate on death because the whole season is illumined with that reminder at the beginning of Ash Wednesday to remember that we're dust. And is that what made you take it to Twitter? Yeah, well, the reason I, I, I started tweeting about it was because I thought this the skull's probably just going to become another decoration on my desk unless I actually do something to help me to start to, mm-hmm. to... So I tweeted every day about it for like 550 days or so. And then I, I still tweet regularly about it. But um, And that's why I wrote a Lenten devotional because I thought I wanted... People were really getting into it. It was really like as it was changing my life, people, it was changing other people's lives and they were getting skulls for their desks and really starting to get into the practice also. And so um, I thought Lent would be a good time to provide a Lenten devotional to people to really get in the practice of doing this because it's really important not to just to not to just do it irregularly. That's not going to be helpful to people. It's really the practice of doing it every day that changes your life. So. And that's called Remember Your Death, Memento Mori Lenten Devotional, appropriately enough. Uh, and then you have a, a journal as well, right? A Remember Your Death, Memento Mori journal to go along with it. Yeah, so um, there are journal prompts in the Lenten Devotional, and there's actually drawing prompts and prayer prompts. Um, so people can use that to write in the journal. And I think journaling is, is really helpful in the practice of Memento Mori because it can be you know, it can bring up a lot of stuff. It, we're not only thinking about our own death, we're thinking about the death of others. Uh, people have told me that they've they've used the journal to work through the, the suicide of a, of a daughter or a mm-hmm. son um, or the death of someone who they, who they deeply loved, a mother or a father. So death is a topic that brings up so many, a lot of feelings and a lot of things that we need to work through. And, and writing is really one of those things that helps us to work through it with God I find that journaling helps me to really kind of put my prayer to paper. Yeah. yeah. In the article, you talk about how people have begun to affectionately call you Sister Death, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I actually I kind of love. I think that's a, that's a, a great line. Call you Father Death, Eric. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not, I, you know, actually, I need to do this. I, I've, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, I think you may have given me my Lenten uh, practice because I was debating about what I'm going to do for Lent. I know it's a little late. It's Ash Wednesday. No, it's just on time. <laughs> just on, oh, yeah. I, I had a, a question for you, though, um, Sister Death. Uh, <laughs> the the, the responses on Twitter. What what were some of your your favorites? Like uh, I imagine people had varying reactions. Yeah, I've gotten very positive and very negative reactions. It, <laughs> it just depends, but the majority is positive. The majority of people have really found this helpful for them. Uh, several people have told me they started going back to church. Mm. Several people told me they've started to go to confession more regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one person told me that he had difficulty. You know, he was overworked. He had difficulty sleeping. He hadn't. He had been away from church for many years. He saw one of my tweets that had a scripture passage, and when he walked into the church, he decided to go to church. He walked into the church, and as he walked in, the priest was saying that scripture passage. Oh my! 
And so he was, he just thought, wow, that's a sign I need to meditate on my death. And so he started to do it. And he said, sister, it's changed my life. It's really, really, really helped me. So um, people have really, it's, have seen concrete changes in their, in their life through this practice. And um, some people are, are put off by, by the symbol of the skull that it, um, I use on, on, on the Memento Mori Lenten devotional, there is a symbol of a skull. But when, when I asked the sister who designed it, one of our sisters, Sister Danielle Victoria, designed it. And when I asked her to draw it, I said, it's really important to have symbols of the resurrection with it as well. So there's a resurrection laurel and a butterfly, which Christians have, have seen as a, as a symbol of the resurrection for centuries. So um, when, people, when people get uncomfortable about the skull, what I, what I often say to them is, if a skull makes you uncomfortable, that's that's a sign that meditation on death will be helpful to you mm-hmm. because it's supposed to make us uncomfortable. It's supposed to kind of shock us to think about the uncomfortable part aspects of death. But then in the Christian context, the skull takes on a completely different meaning. If we really truly believe in the resurrection of the body, the skull is not a scary thing. If we truly believe that our bodies are going to rise at the second coming of Christ, then a skull has as just the even just the symbol of it is just completely transformed by what Christ has done for us. Yeah, sister, you mentioned, um, and maybe maybe these lessons about the resurrection, you know, have also been part of this. You mentioned some of the things that others have learned from your reflections on this, but what have you learned about this? You mentioned in your article a little bit about how um, reflecting on death helps you make decisions differently. Yeah, I something that St. Ignatius says in his spiritual exercises has been really helpful, and I use it every day, basically. He says that he encourages people to, when they're about to make a big decision, to imagine themselves on their deathbed. So I do that regularly, and I kind of add a little bit to that. I, I don't only imagine myself on my deathbed because often when we do that, we think, oh, I'll be 102 when, that, when I'm on my deathbed. <laughs> But the fact is that we could die tomorrow. So, so I remind myself that, I, that my deathbed could be a car tomorrow, mm. you know, a car accident tomorrow. Um, so I add a little bit to that. But then that helps me to focus every single day as, as I'm making decisions. How do I want to live if I could die tomorrow? Because the devil uses that trick in our, in our spiritual lives that, to make us think that we have lots of time. But the reality is that, that we don't know how much time we have. And so it, it just puts this, this new focus on my, on my life. And so I just beg God for, for a, a, just an abundance of graces now. I'm not like, well, I'll put that off for 10 years. I mean, even in the convent you do that, you're like, well, I'll, I'll be like really super holy like <laughs> when I'm 70 or I'll, I'll like wait for that. <laughs> For that time period of my right. life to to go for the real like pedal the, to the metal holiness, but but let's but memento mori helps you to do it now, like now. That is what holiness. That's what we should be doing is is going for holiness and allowing God to make us holy now. When when you're actually meditating on your death every day, what what does that actually look like? Because it's it's sort of one thing to talk about it in like a general concept, like one day I might die. Another thing to think of, like, the moment of your death, and then are you, are you imagining what that might be? Are you imagining meeting God? Are you imagining some sort of Dante situation? Like, 
you know, what, what, what's going on in your head? Yeah. You know, I think that aspect of it will be different for different people. I have a pretty active imagination. So I, like I said before, I do imagine myself in, in, on my deathbed, but I also imagine different ways that I could die. Um, it's just, it's just actually what's important is to remind yourself that you, that you will die at some point during your day. And that could be by having a skull on your desk. That could be by, by reading, you know, Imitation of Christ has a beautiful section on it. Lots of spiritual classics have sections on that by praying, praying a prayer for, the good, for a good death. Uh, so there are, there are lots of different ways that people can incorporate this into their life. And I think it will depend on, you know, the, the sensibilities and personalities of each person. But I think what the most important thing is to just just to have a plight, a place in your day when you remind yourself of your death. And in in the Lenten devotional, I wrote a memento mori examine based on the Ignatian examine. And what I did was I I put in an explicit step in that examine. So when someone's sitting down at the end of their day and they're reviewing their day and they're thanking God for all the graces and they're asking for graces for the future and they're reviewing the ways that maybe they have failed during that day. Um, that's a perfect time to remind yourself that you're going to die and to say, you know, if I, if, if I had died at the end of this day, would I have been happy with everything, all the choices that I made? Um, you know, reminding myself that I could die and looking into the future, what graces do I want to ask God for now? So the examine is a really good, good place in the day to extend the practice of a mental mori. Yeah, I'm I'm moved as you're you're talking about this. You know, finding somewhere or some space uh, to remind yourself ev- every day of of death. I remember when my my grandmother passed away, my grandfather had then sort of created a sort of a little altar in in their bedroom with a bunch of her stuff, and it it drove a number of my family members nuts because they didn't want to be reminded of her death because it made them think of the loss. So, and I completely understand, but it also reminded everybody about mortality and everything. And I remember I was kind of like the only one in the family defending uh, this, this altar. And I found it quite moving because I would remember and grieve a little bit for the loss of my uh, grandmother who wasn't with us, you know, in the same way anymore. But it also, it brought me to those meditations. You know, I'm a Jesuit, so I'm doing some of those meditations that Ignatius is talking about. And it it brought that forward. It was also in a, a weird moment. I worked in Hispanic ministry. And so this, this altars for for the dead that's a that's a big thing uh and that's 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 really um, important so that that's that's built into cultures in a way that i don't think it was built into the culture that i grew up in so this this is i think a very important practice uh and that's and that's something we can learn from a, a lot of other places definitely and i think what your grandfather was doing can teach us that that's that remembering death can actually be a hopeful thing. Mm-hmm. I I would guess that he was looking forward to seeing his wife in heaven. Yep. And so that that altar was a reminder of that. And for everyone else, it was a reminder of death. But when when you've really meditated on death and you've grown in your faith through that meditation, um, those altars to the dead and the skulls and all those signs of that uh, become different. They become something that is hopeful. And I'm sure that's what your grandfather was thinking when he did that. Did yeah, that. And, I, and I think it was also a journey, too. I think it, he, it took him time to yeah. get used to I mean, it took me time. Uh, I, I can only imagine they were together for over 50 years. So it, it's a, I think that was, but it's a, it's a journey there. I think that's another sort of important thing. You, you brought that yeah. up earlier, that, uh, you know, not just an occasional thing, but building the, the importance of the habit 
so that so that this becomes because if you don't do it as a habit that I think you'll get stuck in the shock of it all the time. Exactly. Yeah, because when it begins, it's it's really there is anxiety and there's feelings of discomfort and if you're just doing it irregularly, then meditation on death is just <laughs> making yourself uncomfortable irregularly. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> but regular meditation on death for me over time, like when I speak of the difference in how a skull looks, that, that was not how it looked to me at the beginning. Mm. Mm. But over time, it's, it's just the, my whole, the whole way of looking at death and looking at bones and looking at things that I would have normally thought were creepy has completely changed, but it takes time. It took me, you know, a lot of time meditating on death and I'm, and I still have, you know, goals for my meditation on death because I think the Christian is called to lose fear of death. Right. You know, St. Athanasius talks about that. He says that the Christians, the sign of a Christian is someone who doesn't fear death. And uh, Thomas Aquinas says Christ died so he might deliver us from the fear of death. So I ha- I'm not there yet. <laughs> and also, you know, St. Paul says death is a gain. Right. And and you see that in the saints, like they see death as as a positive movement. You know, they see it as as something completely positive. There were saints who looked forward to martyrdom, and Saint Therese, when she found blood on her pillow, rejoiced because she knew that she would be going to heaven soon. Definitely not there yet either. <laughs> <laughs> but I think those are goals in the Christian meditation on death to really get to a place where death becomes something that is full of light and something not to be feared, and something to actually look forward to. Yeah, Sister Teresa, you were talking a little bit about how, I mean, I assume this is kind of what you're working towards, right, is this awareness that, you know, death is is a precursor to the resurrection, right? The resurrection, not just of Jesus, but of all of us. I was recently in the Holy Land on one of our America pilgrimages, and, you know, we were at the Holy Sepulchre, right? And, and I was having a hard time separating, you know, that this exact place is not just where Jesus was like laid to rest, but it's also where he rose. It's the exact same place. And I wonder if, you know, you struggle at all with having to, you know, think about uh, your death as almost separate from the hope of the resurrection in order to kind of enter into that meditation, or if you just kind of take them side by side, if, if you let the hope seep in when, when it wants to. Uh, what, what, how do you how do you do that? That's a good question. I think I think beginning with death is kind of the natural human instinct. That's the thing that comes most naturally to us to meditate on. Right. But tradi- traditionally, we're called to meditate on all the last things: so death, judgment, hell, and heaven. Um, for me, I can't just start with heaven. I, and I think that makes sense because we're human and. Heaven is just really pretty incomprehensible to us. It's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to imagine. Mm-hmm. Death is easier for us to imagine. <laughs> right. And I think we're also following in the footsteps of Jesus, who told us to take up our cross daily and follow him. And so he went to the place of the skull first, and then he, he rose from the dead. But, but your point that it kind of all happened in the same place, and I've been to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, it's like this timeless place where, where the Paschal mystery is 
is there and it's all together, you know, right. the power of it is all together. And so I, I think as we meditate on death, we enter into that mystery and, and it all becomes connected and interconnected and the meditation on all of the aspects of it become interconnected. But I think the natural human um, way to do it is to begin with meditating on death. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about this, has do you think about it in the context of your community or your family or the, the, the people who would be affected by your own death as well? Because I think the idea of my death, my own death, never, I don't know, either I was just sort of like, either it didn't occur to me or it didn't scare me uh, as much as it does now to some degree after I've had kids uh, because there's this sense of like, you know, me not being around doesn't frighten me as much as my kids not having someone to, to be their mother during that time. Um, And I know, you know, uh, my, you know, in the practical context, other people that I love would take care of them, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it makes it harder for me to think about it because it ties it to, what would be a loss in their lives as well. Do you, do you think about your own death in that context or have any advice for thinking about that context? Yeah. You know, I, a lot of parents say that to me and I think, I think only a parent can really understand that fear of losing a child. So I, so I can't totally empathize with you in that, but I can, I can understand the fear of losing someone you love and I think my Memento Mori journey started in in a way, because one of our sisters lost her mother in a car accident um, very suddenly, mm-hmm. and she was young, and it and no one expected it, and she was she was actually coming to visit her at the convent, and um, at the at, around that time, my dad also became ill, and he's still ill, and so I. I think my my I began to meditate on my death, kind of surrounded by by in that atmosphere of people losing other people and the grief and our own death is always connected to other people. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is that meditation on death has not only helped me to come to terms with the fact that I'm going to die, but it has helped me to come to terms with the fact that the people I love most are going to die. Mm-hmm. Because the thought of, of the people I loved most dying before I started this practice like filled me with terror completely filled me with terror more so than my own death because I'll still be around for that you know <laughs> when if people I love die I'm going to have to endure the pain of that and um but meditation on death has helped me I also imagine my loved ones dying sometimes and and that has helped me to prepare myself for for that inevitability yeah I, th- I think that that uh, that awareness it gets back to what you were you're saying before the the habit of it is so important because otherwise you get you get stuck in the the shock system mm-hmm. um, of what's going on, and I think yeah that that allows us when the you know these these you know uh, all of our loved ones are mortal, so when the, that will happen to to come to terms with what that means, but also to um, be able when the shock happens to have the habit of having thought about this, it allows us yeah. to also be able to process 
with depth that the death is not the only thing. Having had the habit of, of of looking at death and seeing, you know, how do I look at this as a Christian? How do I look at this mm-hmm. as a Christian that believes in the resurrection? You can you kind of I always you know when you go through a traumatic experience, I end up you know I'm not a, always have the rosary on me all the time, but as soon as there's a trauma in my life, oh, I've, yeah. I've got the rosary beads out immediately. So because I built up the habit, that's something I can I go back to, and it sounds like this memento mori could really become a habit that could be useful in those types of situations as well. Definitely. And I think the practice prepares us to be, to be there for people in times of tragedy so that we're not processed. We are, we will be, you know, when my dad dies, I will still be processing this, but I've already begun to process it. I've already begun to meditate on it, to think about it. And if my dad had died before I started this, I would have been in a completely different place. So I'm, I'm in a much different place and I'm more prepared to be there for him and to be there for my family um, and, and to find hope in the situation that would have been very difficult to find hope in before. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much, Sister Teresa. We really appreciate your taking the time today to remind us of this very important topic on Ash Wednesday. And as you note, we should keep thinking about this, not just through Lent, but uh, throughout the year. Thank you so much for having me on. We're really glad to have you. Uh, and if you are interested in learning more about her work, you can read her article at americamagazine.org slash serious. Here's why Catholics are called to think about death daily. You can also read her Lenten devotional, Remember Your Death. Uh, you can read any and all of the news we talked about today at americamagazine.org slash serious. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, etc. the usual uh, and you can subscribe to America at 1-800-627-9533. For Colleen Dully, Father Eric Sundrup, and myself, we wish you all a blessed Lent and a good day. Listening to the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129.